0: And welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller. It is Tuesday, and we've been kind of on a roll with comedy the last few weeks. We haven't really done any variety or drama, but we'll get to it. But since comedy seems to be popular these days, we need some reasons to laugh with all the crazy stuff going on in the world. That's why they did it back then, and that's why we're doing it now. I'm going to give you a program that most people will have never heard of by a person that many people have never heard of named Henry Morgan. The only way you might know Henry Morgan is if you watched What's My Line and some of those other quiz shows in the 60s and into the early 70s, Henry Morgan would appear on some of those shows as a panelist and make um, strange comments. Uh, Then he vanished. He vanished, I believe, to Canada or somewhere and died and kind of faded into obscurity. But back in the good old days of radio, Henry Morgan was what you would call the bad boy of radio. Almost the Howard Stern of radio without the dirty stuff, but definitely the bad boy of radio. He was on a number of shows. He got thrown off a number of shows. Sponsors hated him because he mercilessly ridiculed his sponsors. He mercilessly ridiculed everything. The shows vary. Some are better than others, but when he's good, he's really, really good. So we hope that the one we have for you today is good. I, I went back and read the description of it, and it seemed so wacky and so crazy that I don't even want to try to regurgitate it to you. I'm just going to let you hear it and hear it for yourself. Um, this is weird humor at its weirdest and most interesting And I think you'll like it. If you don't like it, well, it could be like Vic and Sade. Some of you will like it and some of you won't like it. But I like it. I've always liked Henry Morgan. I have quite a lot of these programs, and we will feature more if you like it. So, from October 30th, 1946, on the ABC Network, here's The Henry Morgan Show.
1: Transcribed from an earlier network broadcast. The following program was written while the author was, I am sorry to say... Under the influence of money. Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp chic injector, razors, and blades, bring you the Henry Morgan Show, featuring Bernie Green and his orchestra and a few surprises. Good evening, anybody. Here's Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. This evening, I would like you to consider the pocket and what it has done for elephants. (laughs) Now, without pockets, there would be no pool tables. Without pool tables, we wouldn't need ivory to make billiard balls. And if we didn't need ivory, elephants would be allowed to multiply until they overran the earth, thus sending the cost of peanuts sky high. (laughs)
2: Logical.
1: And the pocket led to the discovery of the pocket magazine. The pocket magazine. The Morgan Digest. The only pocket magazine that comes with the pocket. (laughs) At the moment... There are thousands of magazines on the newsstands today, such as uh, the Saturday Evening Bath, the uh, Homely Woman's Companion, Look, Peek, Squint, the uh, Homeless Ladies Journal, Pick, Click, Ever Sharp, Chic—that is. <laughs> Nobody has time. Nobody has time to read them all. So all magazines today are sent to my huge digesting plant in Stomach, Idaho. (laughs) There the articles are condensed and then reprinted in the Morgan Digest, a family magazine, which appeals both to youngsters and to people in the middle ages. (laughs) It
2: is... (laughs) It is
1: printed in every language, including chartreuse and uranium, There's a special kiddies edition that comes with the pages already torn out. There's a subway edition, which you paste inside your glasses. During the rush hour, when you have one hand clutching the subway strap and the other on your wallet, you simply turn the pages with your eyelashes. Gee, I sure wish I had time to tell you about our special limited trial offer, which ended last night. It applies to all quintuplets, one-eyed jacks, and survivors of the Alamo. This special offer, of course, is good everywhere, except in the United States. But Bernie open tonight's copy of the Morgan Magazine Digest. Oh, Bernie, this is Digest Night, the condensed fanfare. <laughs> the first article in the Morgan Magazine Digest is by the great foreign correspondent Rudley Mongoose, just returned from a 12-minute visit to the country of Snaznia. Mr. Mongoose is known as the author of such revealing books as Austria, a country of Austrians. South Africa, land of smuts <laughs> The Boer War and why it was boring And Philadelphia, gateway to India <laughs> The following article was both written and condensed By Mr. Mongoose for the Morgan Digest It's entitled Snoznia, a country to watch <laughs> Snosnia, a country to watch. So I watched it. (laughs) My plane landed in Snosnia, capital of Snosnia, early in January, or perhaps February, depending on what calendar you use. As you know, the Snosnian week has two Fridays because they're so fun to fish. (laughs) As we landed, thousands of hungry Snosnians gathered about the plane, begging for 1946 Chevrolets. I naturally gave out as many as I could. After all, I'd come to learn something about these strange, mysterious, unknown people about whom I'd already written so much. What's wrong with the first five rows here? As I walked along the main street of Snooznia, suddenly, without warning, a sinister native stopped me and muttered, Your shoelaces are untied. Proved to me that I was being watched. <laughs> Weird situation. I was watching Snosnia, and Snosnia was watching me. Then I noticed two sinister figures following me. Members of the dread SPCA. <laughs> and warily, one approached me and said,
3: Can you tell me whether the subway is to the right or to the left?
1: This proved that the Snaznians are a confused people. They don't know which way to turn.
2: <laughs>
1: Later... I wormed my way into the office of General Horatio Ticklish, widely known for his book on military caution, entitled, "Shh." I said to him, General, I am Mongoose. Uh, Mongoose, I am Ticklish. Yes. General, off the record, how is the Army? Uh, full strength. Oh, really? Yes, we'll beat the pants off Navy on Saturday. Good. How about your armaments? We have
4: 3,200 tanks, 4,200 planes, 3,000 cannon, and 4,200 mortars.
1: I knew there must be a reason for all this secrecy.
3: <laughs>
1: As I left the office, I stopped a man on the street, and I said, Pardon me, Snoznian. Have you a match?
3: Match? Oh, uh, just a second. No, sorry, but I'm all out of matches.
1: My suspicions were confirmed. These snoznians are hoarding great quantities of sulfur, a chemical material. <laughs> or they have no sulfur at all. <laughs> or both. <laughs> I left there with all the facts unearthed. My 12 minutes well spent. And my message is, all Americans must watch snoznia. I just can't watch it all by myself. <laughs> of the Morgan Digest. A quiz. Your personality is you. Or else, who is it? Answer this quiz and find out if you are anybody. Today's question. Will you make a good mate? You take the test, lady.
4: All right.
1: Do men frequently call you up for dates? No. Do men ever call you up? No. Does this discourage you? No. Why not?
4: I haven't got a telephone.
1: Next question. Do you demand your future husband to be affectionate and attentive at all times? Yes. Do you insist that he be handsome, intelligent, witty, and wealthy? Yes. Put a check in the box marked Old Maid and turn the page. (laughs) Oh, uh, 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 let's go back. We forgot to read the little filler at the bottom of page four. It'll only take a second. Read it, Charlie. It says, How I Conquered Alcohol by William C. Fields.
4: Well, Mark, you
1: see, it's like this. I was- uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. no, please. This joke, this joke belongs in Morgan's Hip Pocket Digest. Turn the page, Bernie. A little known fact of history, condensed from a big fact.
2: Oh, that's me.
1: We all remember Washington's eloquence at Gettysburg. I'm sorry, I I was handy. (laughs) We remember Lincoln's great speech at Valley Forge. Here is a speech almost as famous which we should never forget. The scene, a small Kentucky village. Farmers from miles around have gathered about a platform in a clearing near the edge of town. They're waiting.
4: Well, Jed, reckon he's going to show up and start soon? Mighty soon should be. I rushed my crops to be in time for this. We all did. Lookie, Jed, he's coming now. He
1: sure is. He's climbing right up there on that Catch platform. up,
3: Jed. He's fixing to speak.
1: Page 18. A commercial. Now, Charlie Irving, the announcer, will read the original commercial as it was written by the sponsor. I will read the condensation for the digest. Go ahead, Charlie. The Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. And that's that, Henry. It. (laughs) The Eversharp Chick Injector Razor changes blades automatically. No blades to unwrap, no cut fingers. Bloodless. (laughs) It's the fastest, safest, smoothest shave in the world. Just push-pull, click-click, and you have a new blade. Click. The Eversharp Chick Injector Razor and a 20-blade injector are only a dollar and a quarter. You get a smooth shave, a fast shave. <laughs> Ever sharp, chic, quick. <laughs> Page 23 of the Morgan magazine Digest. Giants of science. The story of <laughs> Dr. Schluber. This article condensed from Unpopular Mechanics magazine. Lost in the obscurity of the 17th century is the story of Morgan Schluber, inventor of the buttonhole. Although buttons had been made for centuries, they were useless because there were no buttonholes. Button manufacturers facing ruin looked to science, but science looked out the window. The best scientific minds in Europe had given up in despair.
4: I am one of the best scientific minds in Europe. I give up in despair.
3: (laughs) I give up in despair.
1: I give up in despair. Me too. But Dr. Schluber did not despair. He took his theory to the Academy. And I say in closing, gentlemen, if there is buttons, and I believe there is, we must have buttonholes. I will discover it single-ended, thank you.
3: Pardon me, uh, Dr. Schluber. Yes? Don't worry about them. I believe in you. As a matter of fact, I've been working on a little invention of my own. Is that so?
1: But your name?
3: Zipper, Dr. Zipper. Here, let me help you on with your coat. Pity there's no way to button it.
1: Yes, there's no way to button my coat, but I intend to find a way.
3: Let me work with you, maestro.
1: Tell me. Are you prepared to spend long hours in a cold, damp laboratory toiling day and night, straining your eyes, going without food, doing nothing but work, work, work? Yes, maestro. Good. Then I won't have to do it. (laughs) So, back they went to Schluber's laboratory, and the endless experiments began once more.
3: Experiment 643 failed. 644 failed. 645 failed.
1: Six four four failed, six four five failed. Can't you say anything else?
3: Yes, sir, six four six failed. Six four seven
1: failed. Look, Zipper, I don't understand why we don't get nowhere.
3: Oh, Maestro, I think the reason is that we haven't had an accident. All great discoveries are the result of an accident.
1: Yes, sir. Ridiculous. Hand me that vial of acid. Here you are, Maestro. Clumsy oaf, baboon, dumb cop, butterfingers, it schlitzed all over.
3: I only spilled two drops on this piece of Harris tweed. It, it burned a hole right through the cloth. Hey, don't touch it.
1: <laughs> Hand me a button. Here, maestro. Gosh, you're the, have been making buttonholes duckler. Either they should have been making them lengthwise or a sidewise, not circular. Congratulations! You have invented the buttonhole. Precisely. Uh, no then, Zipper, what's this nonsense you was trying to invent? Are animals smarter than people? The editors of the Morgan Digest will pay $10 for anecdotes describing unusual intelligence in animals. And $10,000 for anecdotes describing unusual intelligence in people. (laughs) Our first $10 prize winner is Miss Samantha Boggs of Utah, who writes... I have a
4: cat named Tabby. When Tabby was a kitten, she used to frisk with a ball of yarn while I was knitting. Well, one day she playfully reached for my knitting needles and I gave them to her, yes. Before I knew it, she had turned the heel of a sock and was rapidly knitting the foot. However, she has improved and now she does all my knitting while I frisk on the floor with a ball of yarn. (laughs)
1: Our next $10 winner is Mr. Swift Otis of New York, who writes... Uh, One day last
4: week, I was walking in the woods cataloging Birdie. (laughs) I I passed John Kiernan, nodded to him, and was about to enter a description of his plumage in my notebook when I espied a Tipped Willow. I was surprised as it is past the time when tit willows leave for Florida, that is, uh, those who can afford it.
2: <laughs>
4: I stepped up to him and I said, tell me, Dickie Bird, why do you sit singing willow, tit tit-willow, titwillow, when all the others have left for Florida? With a shake of his poor little head, he replied.
3: Why should I sit here beating my gums just so you can get 10 bucks from the Morgan
1: Digest? <laughs> And our last $10 winner... Ed,
4: say, just a minute.
1: Who are you? I'm a dog.
4: Now, I've had some unusual experience. No, please, and I...
1: I'm very sorry. No talking dogs. We have to draw the line somewhere.
4: Look, Mac, I'm a veteran. <laughs> Three years in the canine corps.
1: No, I'm very sorry. This program is for people. Now, if you've had an unusual experience Just get one of your army buddies to write it in for you
4: Who would I know to come write? I hung around with the officers
1: I'm terribly sorry, but uh, that's the way it is
4: Discrimination, that's what it is Is that what we fought for?
1: Well, it's too bad Yes,
4: sir, some like It shouldn't happen to a human being Don't
1: forget The Morgan Digest will pay $10 for anecdotes describing unusual intelligence in animals and $10,000 for stories of unusual intelligence in people. There were no $10,000 winners this week. (laughs) Page 35. Mr. Bernie Green and his orchestra present a special condensation of the opera Carmen. In order to explain this shorter way, we present Monsieur Henri Morgan, who will read the program notes. Monsieur Morgan. Bonsoir, mesdames, messieurs. For the first act of Carmen, this stage is set to resemble a huge stage. Carmen himself, she are working in the factory of cigarettes. Carmen, she is like a flame, but she do not smoke. Her hair is pure gold. And she has three teeth of the same material. Overture. Carmen. Oh, she is a dangerous lot. She is also a vacant lot. (laughs) And she is desolate. She has given up her job in the factory of the cigarettes because every time she has to make the proof positive, it comes back math
2: negative. (laughs) Which...
1: Reminds to me a very funny story. <laughs> it seems this fellow is out with this girl, and he says to her, Est-ce que vous êtes le conquis de le fort diable de And she says, Tenez, pourquoi les enfants camembert, les anges de Pessevoir? And he says, But there was not a lady, there was a girl to whom I am married with her. Act two. <laughs> is engaged to marry Henri, but Henri first must get divorced from Marie, who is to get the money from Pierre. <laughs> he owe 500 francs to Escamillo, who is uh, out of town with the doctor. Meanwhile, what of the dark stranger? And who will take care of little Louise? And what about Aunt Bessie's busted leg? <laughs> now, in order to make the condense, this part of opera must go very quick. Act four. <laughs> the bull fight. Carmen has no money and the OPA have removed the ceiling on meat. And as Camillo says, do not, uh, no, never mind. I will get you an old bull. This makes Carmen happy. So after the fight, he kill her. <laughs> I hate opera. Thank you, Carmen Lombardo Quiz, we're back to the digest. Words are power. Without them, you would have trouble speaking. (laughs) This quiz was prepared for the digest by the leading dictionary binder, Dr. Wilbur Punk. The average person learns his basic vocabulary before the age of three. This consists of six basic expressions, namely mama, papa, no, I won't, I don't want and I hate you.
2: <laughs> As an
1: adult, he learns, oh, 50 words a year, of which 48 can't be used in mixed company. <laughs> now, the following quiz will help you to enlarge your vocabulary. A contestant, are you ready for the questions? Yes, sir. First question, what is the meaning of tinsel? Take your choice. Tinsel is A, the name of a Russian general, Ne. Nah. B, a small piece of tin.
4: Who do you think you're kidding?
1: Very well. C, the trimming on a Christmas tree.
4: You're out of your mind.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It is the trimming on a Christmas tree.
4: Go on home, your mother wants you. It's something my doctor cuts out of you. What? Sure. I had my tonsils cut out when I was a kid.
1: You have now completed the quiz put a check in the box marked Moron and go on to the next page. (laughs) Wondered where that note was. In the belief that most radio listeners are deaf, Mr. Eversharp suggested that we put in another commercial about here, even though we've already had one. And of course I said, absolutely no. Here is Mr. Ted Using.
5: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Again tonight, we bring you the famous Eversharp Schick Shave-a-thon, the most daring demonstration ever conducted by any razor. Right before this microphone, in full view of our studio audience, we will now conduct another actual shaving contest, which proves week after week that the ever Sharp Schick Injector Razor gives the world's fastest, easiest, smoothest shave. Last week, an Eversharp Schick user whisked in the winner in the record-breaking time of 32 seconds. Well, now tonight, we have six more contestants picked at random from the studio audience. Men from Ohio, Connecticut, New York, the Bronx, and two of these men are from New, uh, from New Jersey. Three of them are going to shave with the Eversharp Schick injector razors, and three will use other well-known safety razors. Well, now, who's going to win tonight's big shave-a-thon? Here the contestants are out on the stage. They're all added up, they're at the post, they're waiting for the signal, and here it is. And they're off. Yes, tonight's big shave-a-thon is on. I wish you could see these six shavers up here, getting to, up here tonight on the stage. They're all busily engaged and getting underway and getting underway fast. Now, if you look at these men with the ever sharp chic, you'll see they're almost already out in front because there's no blade to unwrap. All you do is pull, push, click, click, and there's a blade all ready to shave you. Fast, you set it. Smooth, right again. Easy say, mister, it's a romp with the ever sharp chic. It's the world's only razor with the automatic blade changer. Saves your time and saves your skin, too. Now, who's that out in front? Well, it's too very close, much too close. These men are all half-shaved already. Fast, easy, smooth, with gentle strokes. These men are shaving their faces as slick as a billiard ball. Now, see how easily that man shaves under his nose and around his lips? He's using an ever-sharp chick, and the race is close. Once over is enough for the fastest, easiest, smoothest shave of your life. And say, men, shave slick, use ever-sharp chick for the fastest, easiest, smoothest shave of your life. And there's the winner. There goes the bell, and here's tonight winner, the second man over there, a close race, and that was an Eversharp Schick Injector razor that he was using, proving once again it's the fastest, easiest, smoothest shave in the world. And now, Charlie Irving, that was exciting. What was the official time? Well,
1: Ted, it's 54 seconds, and the winner using an Eversharp Schick Injector
5: razor is Mr. Schweitzer of New Jersey. Congratulations, Mr. Schweitzer. Thank
1: I don't know what you people at home got out of that. <laughs> But I suppose it's better than having no radio at all End section The Morgan Magazine Digest presents the condensation of a full-length book This week we cut down the current bestseller, Drenched This is the dramatic story of a lonely man and his lonely wife in their lonely house Then came the storm We present the story of a wet man and his wet wife in their wet house Drenched It was January A cold wind roared through Maine The wind is always cold as it goes through Maine Who isn't? Over my four-story house The wind is rising in fury I look at the barometer Falling I catch it and put it back on the hook The wind is rising in fury And my wife comes down the stairs and says
5: the wind rising in fury?
1: She asked. Yes. I rejoined. Oh. She said. (laughs) I knew from her expression that though on the outside she was calm, on the inside she had her usual stomach trouble. (laughs) I looked at her pale, timid, lovely face and I thought to myself for the thousandth time, how can I get rid of her? Cut
3: 50 pages while Arthur describes how to get rid of her.
1: The wind kept rising in fury over my two-story house.
3: Cut 65 pages about more rain and hail and things like that there.
1: The wind kept rising in fury over my one-story house. And I cursed to myself. Cut. I said. Again, my wife came down the circular stairway. There was a sudden rush of wind. Rush of wind. I looked at the circular stairway. It was straight. The wind kept rising in fury. My wife looked frightened as she'd been through a terrible experience. I asked her, where were you?
4: I went over the Smiths' house.
1: You visited the Smiths?
4: No, I just went over their house.
1: I'm so dazed. I've forgotten. Where is the Smiths' house?
2: There it goes now.
1: The wind rose in fury. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. Some unfortunate lost in the storm, I opined. So I opined the door. It was my handyman, Virgil. Yes, Virgil, what is it?
3: Say, I have news for you. What's
4: the news? The wind is rising in fury.
1: Thank you, Virgil. I closed the door. Well, Virgil, what are you still doing in my house?
3: I'm not in, you're out. Put, dot, dot, rain, dot, dot, dot.
1: At last, the storm had broken. Now the birds rose in fury. No trees.
2: My wife and
1: I took a solemn vow, never to go through another winter in Maine together. So she went to Massachusetts and I went to Vermont. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we intended to do the section from the digest called the most unforgettable character I've ever met. Oh, that's written wrong. Called the most forgettable character I've ever met. But it was me. Don't be discouraged. Tune in again next week because... Morgan will be on the same corner in front of the cigar store again next week at the same time. <laughs> manufacturers of Eversharp Chick Injector Razors and Blades invite you to tune in same time, same station next week when Eversharp will again bring you the Henry Morgan Show. They're yours again. Eversharp Chick Injector Blades for the world's fastest, safest, smoothest shave. Just insert the automatic blade changer in your Eversharp Chick Injector Razor. Push, pull, click, click, and you're ready to shave. 20 blades, 75 cents at good stores everywhere. This is Charles Irving saying goodnight forever, Sharp. This program was transcribed from an earlier network broadcast. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
0: Well, there's a half hour of your life you'll never get back. Um, <laughs> you either love that or you hated it. It's weird, weird comedy, as I described in the beginning. Um, to me, it's really great and far ahead of its time. But uh, imagine listening to that. Uh, as a listener in 1946 radio, they hadn't heard anything like that at that point. He was around for a few years and then just considered, I guess, so obnoxious that they got rid of him and he wound up being guests on TV show panel quiz shows and different, different things. Anyway, the Henry Morgan show from October 30th, 1946. If you like that, I have plenty more of them because I like weird and crazy stuff like that. So let us know if you didn't like that, you can tell us as well. This is going to be just like Vic and Sade. We're going to have those who love it and those who hate it, but uh, we'll, at least we're controversial on this show. Okay. All right. Back uh, Thursday with more of the top 10 monster shows of all time and back next week with comedy, drama, or variety. We'll see what we do. Betcha it's comedy. Anyway, <laughs> this is John Teft Teller saying goodbye.